Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. Great to have you with us. Hi, this is Tracy Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers, and I'm so happy to welcome you to the show today. We have a great show lined up for you, and I'm really grateful and humbled that so many people are listening to the show, and we're getting lots of archive listeners and um, people emailing me with questions, so I'm really happy when that happens. Thanks for tuning in. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating mostly outside the structures of the big established corporations and institutions. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. And you can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com, independent artist thinkers. Email me in between shows if you want to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest, and you can reach me at tracy at tracylslatin.com. In the coming weeks, I have some wonderful guests coming in. I'm really happy they're coming. Can't wait to welcome them. Next week on June 25th, Marnie Galloway, a comic artist and illustrator, will talk about the state of the comic and the graphic novel. On July 2nd, producer and director Christine Yu will talk about her journey of making The Wedding Palace and what it's like to be a woman director in Hollywood. On July 9th, internationally renowned Vedic astrologer Camilla Sutton will tell us how to make our lucky stars work for us. So tune in and keep checking the website, independentartistthinkers.com, and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on the show. I am delighted today to have a friend of a long time, Desiree Watson, on Independent Artists and Thinkers. Desiree Watson is the founder, the president, and the CEO of Wellness Interactive, and she has been engaged in complementary and alternative medicine for over 30 years. She has helped to shape the wellness industry, one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. She has traveled globally, studying various approaches to integrated health and wellness. She shares her knowledge, educating others on the approach to creating a lifestyle which can be proactive when seeking good health care options. And... I know um, because I know her personally. She has a lot of really good information about health insurance and healthcare in general. So, Desiree, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Tracy. So happy and humbled <laughs> on the fact that you asked me to join you on your show. Well, I'm really happy, um, and I've known you for a while. And I just want to start out by saying I'm so impressed with you because from the minute I met you. You know, when our oldest daughters were little, you had a vision. Um, and mm-hmm. even a long time ago, you had this vision, and you have stuck with it to make it real. And I just I want to talk more about that as we go, but I just want to say how impressive that is. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I and now I just want to start off with how you began your journey and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have, and when did you know you were going to be involved in the wellness field? What did you think you mm-hmm. would be? 
Um, so tell me about your childhood right. and your early career. I know there's some really cool stuff about your early career, too, before you became a wellness guru. So <laughs> start early and keep going. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting uh, about, um, uh, I think, uh, being in the wellness space or health space, and in my case, it's definitely the the wellness and what that really truly means uh, to me. But what's interesting is that there's always, unfortunately, a crisis uh, most times that drive uh, uh, a lot of us in that direction. And so for me, you know, I was uh, I was a marketing <laughs> executive. You know, uh, I loved uh, what I did. I was in fashion and in marketing. We did. Uh, these amazing, amazing catalogs for Neiman Marcus and Ritchie and all of that. So I was an account exec for, you know, a firm, and uh, that's what I did. And uh, also uh, worked for the airline and all of that. Um, and then uh, life happens, and we had the, this beautiful opportunity to bring a child into the world. And, well... That child, unfortunately, you know, uh, it, I almost lost her. I almost lost her where I was in bed for nine months. Uh, they, at, at five months, they were telling me that they could not save her. I had an eight-pound fibroid tumor Aww. and an eight-pound baby growing inside of me. And so uh, thank God uh, that um, I listened to my heart. I listened to this amazing physician who... Uh, was also grounded in faith as myself. You know, uh, she said, "Well, I can't save your baby, but I can give you medicine that will help stop the contractions." And the medicine was actually for uh, arthritis patients. <laughs> and at that point, I didn't really care. I said, "Give me anything. Just don't, you know, just please uh, save my baby." So I took the uh, the medicine, and this is from Dr. Harris at the time. It was at New York Hospital. And the contraction stopped, and hey, I had this great. beautiful, amazing daughter. So uh, yes, and, and, and what's great about that is uh, you and I became uh, great friends. I love that so much because your daughter and my daughter were uh, really great friends, but I had the opportunity to look at her growth and just realize that if I had not made the decision to really trust in this physician who was doing something different, uh, it, she, uh, my daughter would not be here. And uh, that's when I started to think about making changes to help others, especially women, because there's so much information out there, Tracy, that people may not realize it's available. Now, I must say, though, I love our medicine. I do believe in traditional medicine, and I think we have the best medicine in the world. But... That said, there's a lot of politics and a you know, little controversy around all of that, and maybe we'll uh, get into that later. But um, yeah, I'd my love to hear whole, your perspective on that. Yeah, you would. Yeah, I think you know, if that. Let me say this: the, the having uh, this experience, this crisis, changed my life to a point where I started to really research more and dig up more of everything. So, for example, I would say the politics of it all, where people f focus on um, uh, this whole socialized medicine. You know, you hear that. It's a big buzz. Oh, socialized medicine. We don't want socialized medicine. So I think what happened is that in our country, we really made medicine a product. And having a mar marketing background, I was able to look at that and research it and realize that there were so many, and still are, so many amazing professionals out there that's doing great work that can offer uh, input into uh, what makes great medicine. So uh, back in the 1940s, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies are, are huge. They're huge now, and they'll continue to be huge. But back in the 1940s, we, we just made that a product. We're like, okay, it's going to be a product. But watching in, as it's being scaled, it, it's very difficult now in 2015 to say, okay, pharmaceutical drugs, it's going to help and protect everybody. We have 92 millennials. We have 
over, you know, uh, close to 80 million baby boomers. Now, how do you support those two enormous communities? No one ever thought 90, you'd have 92 mil, uh, millennials, which is much larger than the baby boomers. But how are you going to support that, even with medicine? How do you do that? And not everyone that will go to the doctor uh, with an ache or pain will need all of this medicine. So for me, the politics is that, okay, we must keep this going because it's now a product and it's marketing and it's all of that. And, you know, people are the, the professionals, everyone, is, they're going crazy now. What do we do? What do we do? How do we do it? Uh, how do we help 80 million seniors and how do we help 92 millennials? Now, the difference to me right now uh, for the millennials, they're not accepting that blueprint or structure anymore that oh you feel ill you go to the doctor you go to the hospital they're finding new ways to do this and it's unfortunate that while they're doing this the politics is that uh nobody wants to pay for it <laughs> you know what i mean nobody wants to pay for anything you have health insurance companies that say we don't pay for this and then you have uh uh, of course, of course the, the government battling for the new care that says it should be preventative, but a lot of health, insurances, health insurance companies are dropping uh, things that, you know, may be considered well, uh, well for us as citizens. The other interesting part is that I used to travel with my husband a lot because he was in the health insurance uh, field, and right now he's retired for the past couple of years. But I watched his business grow, and I think he took a $100 million business to a $10 billion corporation. Wow. Now, yeah, and that's a health insurance company. So I would travel with them, with all these CEOs, and they were great. Don't get me wrong. Wonderful, great, smart as a whip. But I just constantly had this voice. And you mentioned that before because I was on a mission after my child was saved and then later to have another one. I said, you know, I've got to just have this voice. So when I had the opportunity to be around all these CEOs, maybe a hundred at a time, I would just, you know, I'd ask. I would always say, I don't understand how health insurance companies view uh, people being sick as, uh, you know, it's... They would outright say, or, or not everybody, but one or two people would say, okay, we don't want to, you know, sick people. You know, to me, it, it, makes no, it, it made no sense at the time because if you're constructing a plan and you're really focused on people being well, uh -huh. they're going to, they, they have to pay their health insurance anyway. So it doesn't matter, you, me, everybody's paying health insurance. So if you have a plan, which back then, to me, it, it was the preventative plan, it's really where we are now with, with the, uh, uh, the, the Obamacare and all of that. It's, okay, let's keep people well. You still get paid. I don't get it. I'm, I'm still losing that. You still get paid if people are well. Why not keep them well, collect the money, and still advance? But somehow it was a big miss. It was like, no, no, you know, people, they looked at it as a product, and they still do some, somewhat. If you are sick, that product, we need to help you, rescue you, and we need to give you drugs. And so that said, you know, doctors are not all of them. I think we have three uh, different types of doctors. Uh, but the doctors who are really driven more by pharmaceuticals, you know, they're paid. You know, they, they uh, write scripts and and you can go in at any time, and gosh, uh, my daughter had asthma. I came out with like eight prescriptions. I said, this can't be real. This is, wow. thank God I understand the system. So then you have doctors who are in the middle, and, you know, it's all about the politics of that, uh, the, the insurance they have to pay. So I do understand that. So nobody really wants to get too involved with, preventative or complementary alternative. Then you have doctors that we work with. The doctors we work with practice some form of complementary or alternative medicine. They, we love them. This is the same doctor that helped me save, or she saved my 
child for me, you know, uh, with mm-hmm. this eight-pound tumor, tumor eight-pound baby, lost five, uh, six units of blood, all of that. It was, it oh, was my crazy, God. But she saved me. But she saved me, and she is Doc, her, her name is Dr. Marcia Harris. She has a great book out. She didn't only save me. She saved many. So that's to me, it's, it's the politics of it, and it just really uh, drove me to think about so many people that need information and could be in a more interactive platform uh, to find that information. So this is a good point for me to ask you, what is Wellness Interactive? How did it come to be? And was there a specific moment when the light bulb went on over your head and you said, I'm going to do this, I know what (laughs) needs to be done? Great question. Great question. Well, <laughs> uh, it, it's actually really funny. I always had this vision. I get people asking, um, w- w- our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge. So we're located at 14 South Orange Avenue in South Orange, New Jersey. And uh, we, have, you know, we have a number of other brands, but the signature is, is the Wellness Lounge, which engages with complementary alternative medicine. We have a green retail store, it's workshops, seminars, education, but it's a social wellness platform. You walk in so and it's, it's a totally room and social. You go in and there's people who can inform you about complimentary yes. care. Yes, they're 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 not only people that can inform you, they can treat you, they can work on you. I tell people, uh because I travel a lot globally, we're, I can tell you what we're not. We're not a spa, which I love spas, but that's more cosmetic and external. And we're not a wellness center. To me, wellness centers are more driven by, you know, physicians or pharmaceuticals, you know, it, which is fine. It, it all has its place, but we're somewhere in the middle. There is a spa directly across the street from us, but we're more social wellness. We really embrace uh, uh, treatments that have been around for thousands of years holding up countries. So, you know, we have uh, things like, uh, uh, or practitioners or therapists that are doing reflexology, acupuncture, uh, ear candling, all of these treatments. But I think the interesting um, sense of it all, uh, Tracy, when that light bulb that you talk about, when it uh-huh. first went off, like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to do this company. I really, really didn't want to do it myself. I had this this idea, and so I went to attorneys. I said, okay, I've got this this idea. I love it. I think we need it. We have to have it. Uh, I, can you just formulate it for me? You can set it up, and then we'll go and pass it on to somebody else. And they're like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> are you kidding me? You have to do this yourself. You have to do this yourself. And I kept saying no, no. So that said, form wellness interactive and in the beginning we only did speaking engagements. We just uh traveled around the country and outside of the country and spoke to people about things uh like uh colonics and colon therapy. Like colonics people don't realize they actually use colonics in the hospitals many years ago and now they use enemas, you know. But um, just educating uh, folks on uh, what complementary and alternative medicine was about, and we would have physicians with us who practice, uh, who are MDs and practice uh, some form of complementary and alternative, and also practitioners and therapists. So then we went on to uh, create the Wellness Lounge brand, brand which uh, it began with corporations and nonprofits popping it up for companies like AARP, Kaiser Permanente, uh, PGA, all of these organizations or companies, they really, um, I, 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 first of all, I have to admire them because they really just left that whole dinosaur approach to marketing behind them and just mm-hmm. uh, embraced what we were doing because they wanted to get closer to their constituents. And one of the ways, for example, that AARP did this uh, was – uh, they realized that they could not get, or, or most companies won't go headfirst into the faith-based platform for whatever reason. They just don't do that. So they used us to go in with their advertising companies, pop up the wellness lounge, take a, uh, a 2,500 square feet or 3,000 square feet or even 900 square feet and lay out a wellness lounge where they could interview and find out 
more about either their constituents or the constituents that they were uh, not reaching. You know, just uh, what, what is this? What you keep mentioning, faith-based. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, faith-based. We um, now. Oh my gosh, this this is a little tough when you say faith-based because um, right now. Um, it was a tough uh, morning this morning, uh, this morning because of what happened in Charleston. Yeah. With, uh, yeah, with with uh, the oldest uh, AME Church. I actually grew up AME, uh, the AME Church. But um, faith base. Uh, these are people. All of us. We we're grounded. Uh, most of us are grounded in faith, or we have our beliefs, uh, or the God of our understanding. Uh, and uh, I love the. Way- Say that the God of our understanding—that's so beautiful. Oh, thank you, thank you. So, uh, what that means, uh, perhaps now for some companies or corporations, it's very hard to be target-specific to a group of people now because everything is digital and social media. You know, everything is being affected with digital, and so uh, they embraced the Wellness Lounge because they could then take a platform like this into spaces like uh, the 48th Quadrennial in St. Louis. The a- it was an AME Quadrennial, African Methodist Episcopal Church, what AME. And, and, you know, we're there, and we're seeing 1,000 people per day. We wow. can't open. People are there at 6 a.m. standing outside the door where they just want to go in and embrace these treatments so what we do is we i don't call it you know pampering or anything because that's more a spa we really have therapists and practitioners who work on people and they sample the the treatment and it's amazing that everyone they're all receptive to five or ten minutes you know it's not a problem they're like oh my gosh can i try this can i try that and so arp uh again i have to give it to them because they, you know, they said to us, "Wow, you're really changing our image," because they were um, really good at <laughs> uh, focusing on, "Oh my gosh, they have 40 million members." They they knew that, but they just couldn't reach a lot of people. And everyone uh, used to think, I don't know where they are now, but used to think, "ARP, if that comes to my door, I'm going to throw it out." <laughs> so now. Um, uh, using platforms or using Wellness Lounge to embrace the faith-based platform. They have concerts. They have all these great things that are happening around the AARP brand, but it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, mind, body, spirit, the faith, the, the wellness component, which they used us for. Uh, it, it's just, um, to me, it's really doing away with dinosaur marketing. So I, I say hats off to many companies that have used this already. Um, the other, I think, um, great part about being in this space, uh, we have an interactive uh, website, which is wellnessinteractive.com. And you can go on and you know, you can hit a button, uh, TV, uh, uh, radio, radio by, of course, we interviewed you on, on, on the radio yeah, station for an hour. So you can go on that site and you can hit radio and that'll come up. You can hit TV and it'll give you many things uh, that, uh, that's been happening in the media dedicated to all things well. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want to find uh, someone's talking about a green hotel in Sweden, and they, you know, they post it. That's fine. Or if it's Dr. Oz speaking about something on his show, uh, it's posted. Uh, the most important is the important thing is is that we're having conversations with the world on what's well. And it, I'm not saying that this is somehow competing with. Uh, as I mentioned before, our good medicine, which I do believe in medicine and traditional medicine, it's not competing with that. It's just helping people to find a space that's going to move them toward the future because just having medicine to me is not enough. Yeah, well, if I break my arm, I want to go to a Western medical doctor and have them set it. 
And if I have, yes. you know, if I have a, um, a burst appendix or if my appendix is about to burst, I want to go to a, a Western medical trained surgeon and, you know, at Johns Hopkins right. and Mount Sinai and have them take out the appendix. But if I've got, you know, if I find over a winter that I've had three really bad colds and I'm starting to say, okay, what did I eat? What did I drink? What right. vitamins do I need to take? Is there is there herbal supplements? Should I be getting massages? You know, am I not yes. exercising correctly? What can I do to promote wellness is exactly what you're saying. So let me ask you, how did you have to think outside the box in order to found Wellness Interactive in the Wellness Lounge? <laughs> Great question. Uh, really, uh, I'm going to be honest, I just my spirit just directed me here only because having the crisis with uh, uh, giving birth to my child. And I wasn't all in then. I was just doing more of a, a speaking uh, around the country. Uh, and I think uh, if you can recall, uh, Tracy, it was the, the very first brunch. We did a brunch for, was at the Grand Hyatt in 1997, I believe, because you were one of the practitioners at the time. That's right. I it was, was on Mother's yeah, your healing practice, yes, and it was on Mother's Day, and so a lot of the the moms or, or the wives called, the women called and said, oh, my husband is, they're, my husband and my family are like, oh my gosh, what do you mean we're not going out to dinner, we're not doing this, we're going to a brunch, you know, and so it was great because after it was over. Uh, oh my goodness! The the men, the men who wrote me letters and cards and said thank you, thank you so much. They had no clue, and they they were honest about. It. They said, "Listen, we we really we were resisting this. We didn't want to come." And they were grateful that you know they participated. So for me, I said, "Wow, this is cool." And then sharing plow, a pharmaceutical company, they were also one of the sponsors. So. I believe in that integrative model. And so then we went on and uh, traveled a bit. But then I thought, okay, I now, unfortunately, have chronic back pain. It was so bad. It was bone on bone. I was in uh, the Orthopedic Institute for a month. Oh, Hmm. it was horrible. Yeah, so I I couldn't really walk. I was uh, in... uh, the Orthopedic Institute for a month, and again, it's a great institution, but I went in with one med, and I came out with seven or eight of them, because each specialist, each physician gave me a med, based on whatever they thought was wrong with me, which, of course, I I just, I was with seven or eight other uh, pain, these are patients who came for pain management, and I said, wow, okay, they all had maybe three or four surgeries on their back. They had had three or four surgeries already. And they told me, whatever you do, do not get surgery on your back because it makes it worse. Now, uh, just recently, I think last year, they came out with studies that said uh, that, uh, well, I shouldn't say last year. They're consistent, actually, because I, I think the first study I recall reading was maybe four or five years ago where they spoke about not having back surgeries and how um, uh, the lesions or or all of this, it's really heavy (laughs) complications uh, when you do have back surgery. So then I thought, okay, now I have chronic back pain. I used to run 10 miles a day, five miles in the morning, five in the evening. I've run uh, marathons. I've done all this. I I was just in this great space, athletic space for me, right? And then Mm -hmm. I've got, I had chronic back pain for almost 16 years because I didn't want to have the surgery. And then the weight comes on, everything comes on. And all I could do was really focus on being well within my head. So to me, there is some belief mind, body, spirit, but it has a lot to do with being well at a mental state for me and for everybody. If you're there, you can't, I can't get into a gym and I can't run 10 miles a a day. So I brought in a trainer who would help me box and I boxed through this pain. It was excruciating, but I, yeah, but I just wanted. To, I said, okay, I've got a choice. I'm going to be in bed with 
a lot of pain medication, pain medications or, or drugs or whatever, or I've got to get my kids to school. I've got to, you know, do things, keep having my, have my vision, all of that. And so he would come and I would at least be able to box. So it put me in a space where I said, I get it. I really get it. It's not, oh my gosh, you're healthy if you're size two or four, because uh, studies show now a lot of people aren't healthy at size two or four. And I struggle with that, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I was like size six at one time, size eight, ten, you know. And well, I'm going, were you a model oh. for a while? Yeah, I did. I modeled. I did all that. That's why, you know, for me, Tracy was like, yeah, I'm athletic. I was athletic in, in uh, school, you know, high school, not college, but I was athletic in high school, ran track. I did everything, basketball, I did volleyball, everything, and I loved it. So for me, by nature, I am an athlete, and I just couldn't figure it out. The pain was so bad, and I kept thinking, what am I going to do? So that light bulb <laughs> went off again. I said, okay, I have uh, uh, the trainer coming in. And at least I'm flexible. And even till this day, uh, ultimately, you know, I'm fine with the back, but I still have some worry. I was on my way to have surgery on my back, and my girlfriend called, who was actually the physician who who delivered my firstborn, and we became Uh best friends. And she called and says, I found something. And I said, really? You know, I, I'm going, I'm, I'm having surgery, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore because it was right. that bad. And she said, just, just this one time, go. And, and I found something called Backsaver. Uh, back and you get in a harness and it would, the harness, uh, there, are 20, there were 20 treatments at the time. And it helps 80% of, of uh, the patients most of the Did time. Did it help and you? So I, Yes, thank God I was one of those eighty percent. Uh, oh my God, so within that eighty percent, because and you hang there. Well, yeah, sort of. It elongates the spine. It it the 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 disc, um, and it's it's done. You have to have twenty of these treatments, and it's really uh, elongating the spine enough where the the space between the disc is open just enough so that the tissue can find its way back in and you're not bone on bone. Mm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it really it really worked and it's been I think about 7 years now even though I I still have a little anxiety about the back like I do my walking every day, I box just a little when I can. But I've given up that uh I won't say I've, I've given up ever being <laughs> thin again, but I've given up that, that space where I, I just thought, oh, my God, I'm going to fall apart if I can't be a certain size. But, you know, I tell people, even in this wellness space, I tell people, especially women, you have to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. God forbid if something yeah. happens. So I feel very confident at my age and with my flexibility I can defend myself. <laughs> you know, I can That's box. So I can do all these things. Uh, so I'm flexible. So I'm, yeah, I'm full size and I'm flexible. But to me, uh, Tracy, that's a healthy. That's a healthy space. So this this one so, thing so though uh, what about the this weight part? thing. Hmm. What's the mental I'm, part? You said you, you know you sort of okay. alluded to it in bits and pieces, but there's like this mental component that you worked on okay. yourself. Yeah, and I'm I'm going there because uh, I I was just about to say I had um, most of my friends are like size two or four, and they were never really size two or four, but that you know our trends in our society it's like okay two or four, but I had one of my uh, girlfriends, one of my dear friends, say to me one day, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe our governor, Governor Christie, he's a bright, intelligent man. And I, I can't believe him, so I wasn't getting this. Because, I mean, it's not like, um, you know, I know the governor or anything, but I'm going, why are we having this conversation? Because she says, I can't believe him. He's bright and intelligent. And look at him, you know, meaning he's big and all of that. And so I had to look at her, and I said, you know, that's interesting. I said, I know 
just many size two, four size. I know a lot of thin people, and they're not the brightest people in the world. I mean, so I don't okay. see the correlation. <laughs> now, right. I get that he, he if that's, to me, that's in his mind, in his space, and I just want people to know and understand that you can't be judgmental uh, about what society has already set up. And a lot of it, it's also marketing. I do understand. I work with physicians, and I do understand the BMI, and I do understand that, uh, yes, if you're overweight and so on. So the thinking process and being in a wellness space, which to me was a journey. It was my journey. And then I just created a platform for it that when you are well, you are really, truly focused on the the whole mindset, you know, uh, know what the frontal lobe is, you know, uh-huh. the frontal lobe of the brain. Know that your brain uh, doesn't even develop until you're 22 years old and in a, a lot of cases the guy's 25 years old. So because what we're doing is we're passing all this information down to our kids and we're really hurting them. And so which brings me to – I'm sorry? Hurting them how? Yeah, well, because of the fact that uh, even when you look now at our millennials, statistically, millennials are rejecting a lot of what we've set up. So all of the information that we pass within this health and wellness space, if your child uh, or if any of our children were to become you know, obese or if, if any of our children are uh, uh, suffering uh, uh, mentally, in a sense, uh, it, you know, we have to be able to embrace new ideas to help them. Because if we don't, we, we're breaking their spirit. We're breaking them down. And I've gone through that because with my one of my daughters, and uh, you know, I, it's crazy if I focus on uh, my daughters being healthy. Uh, if uh, if they're not um, you know, they have to be size six or whatever. Or if uh, they're not responding to the things that I need them to do because I'm with this whole traditional dinosaur approach to living, when things have changed so quickly and so fast for millennials, you you know, I, I look at these uh, young people who are, uh, who don't have the support and who are being beat up, they have nowhere to go. They have no space to go. So I, I talk to parents about, you know, leave the kids alone. Leave, leave, the, leave them alone unless you have something new, unless you're doing your homework, unless you're doing your research. Leave them alone so they can ha- quiet their minds, have their own space. Because if you've got 92 millennials that are falling apart, they, they're not, thank God. But a, a lot of them, some of them are, you know, uh, Look at this young man that just did what he did today. This guy is, what, 21 years old? Oh. I mean, constantly, these young people. So, but then you, you have stories where a young person, a woman, uh, you know, happened to talk a young person out of hurting someone or whatever. Mm-hmm. These people need a different direction. The kids need a different direction. So I say leave them alone unless you're going to embrace. And I'm talking about our own kids unless you're going to embrace new thinking, new progressive research. There's so much out there, Tracy, so much that you can grab. Is this leave them alone about health stuff or just in general? Yes, definitely health. We're still in that space. I say everything in a sense where if you, you find out what millennials are doing and what they love, to me it all comes back to being well. So I could recall uh, one of my daughters, my younger daughter, on her way to college, uh, I went up to her room, and she had all these clothes out on the floor, and her friends were coming over, and I'm, I'm going, like, why are these things here? She says, she says, well, Mom, we're going to swap out. And this was like five years ago, and I'm going, what are you talking about? She said, well, I'm not going to use this, and uh, uh, her friend Jessica and, you know, Chris and all, they were swapping out their things. She said, it doesn't make any sense for us to buy these things when we have it amongst them. <laughs> so to me, that's, that's cool. a healthy that's cool. space. That's a healthy space. And, and 
And then there are other things that the millennials are doing. They don't need a ton of uh, luxury items or things as far as uh, places to eat. They want to know the food is good. They want to know that, hey, listen, you got a sofa, you got a chair. And I think Starbucks started this. You know, you got a hole in the chair. It's no big deal. Even if you come in the wellness lounge, you know, the the chair is kind of ripped or whatever. Everything in there is either biodegradable, recycled, upcycled, all of that. And so, to me, embrace the millennials where they are and uh, do research. Find out in this space of being healthy, is it really that I spend two hours at the gym and, oh, by the way, I spent two hours at the gym and then, uh, oh, well, I think, um, I don't know, my my spirituality has nothing to do with anybody else <laughs> or my my mental state has nothing to do with anybody else. Now, we can take that literally or realize that what Ever we're doing mentally, physically, spiritually, it all affects our communities, and it definitely affects the young people going mm-hmm. forward. So that's my thinking. I, I love, I you know, people tell me all the time, like, why do young people like you? And I think I don't really think of ages. I really don't. I just think we can't continue to be in this box. You know, uh, I was at Google, I think about a week ago, with the president of the Americas. Um, uh, and it's a woman, <laughs> and and she was there, Margot, and it's very hard to pronounce her last name, dear Gianna. What anyway? You people can Google that, and mm-hmm. she has three children, and it was just quite amazing how she incorporated her uh, her life, her family, in with the whole presentation on Google. I thought it was so cool on uh, all the cool great things they're doing, but then speaking about her family. So in this day and age, you have to embrace the children and you're really uh, learning alongside of them, you know, researching. If it's something mm-hmm. that I don't know that my kid's talking about, and they're 22 and 25, I go, okay, I need to find that out or they'll tell me. But some of us aren't receptive to that. We're, we sh- we're shutting this down uh, when uh, they haven't had – the opportunity to, you know, really move forward in our community. So, in other words, they can support it and support our communities, and it's healthy. It's absolutely healthy. Anybody can be a parent nowadays if you just embrace a lot of these young people. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the mindset, being healthy. Well, that's really fascinating and kind of the way you're looking in a broad way over society. But in terms of you personally, what have you found to be the best tools to help you on your path, you know, to wellness and to being successful, to successfully founding this company? Oh, well, uh, I, I guess um, I, I'll, I'll be a, a little sarcastic about it, but if I can find a, a child <laughs> – or anybody could find a child that wants to come back and work with the parent. That's a real good sign. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really happy. My, my older daughter is a Columbia grad student right now, but she said to me a while ago, she says, Mom, I, I really want to get to know your company a, a lot more. I really want to find out more. And I say that because she, didn't, she was never receptive to that. So for me, the path, uh, uh, my journey or the blueprint – Along the way, I've always had a global approach to being well. I knew I couldn't find things. So uh, to me, I had to embrace the world. And so I travel with the Global Wellness Institute. Uh, I've traveled, uh, uh, as I said, mentioned before, studying different approaches to uh, how uh, uh, complementary and alternative medicine is used in other countries. Uh, I've been focused for many years on what uh, complementary and alternative medicine means or what space it has in other countries legally. So, for example, mm-hmm. if you're in Denmark, uh, uh, I studied a few years back where uh, if you <laughs> – if you did acupuncture there, it's considered surgery 
you know, really? because you're puncturing the you're puncturing the skin. So, uh, and it could have changed since then, but this for me, it's always been a journey, just studying everything. Uh, reflexology, you can uh, even though it, here's the interesting part: acupuncture, we all know, you know, began in China, but China uh, prior to the needles, there there was always acupressure. So it was applying the pressure points with the fingers in certain mm-hmm. areas of the body. That's mm-hmm. acupressure. And then the needles actually came. And now in 2015, we actually have therapists that travel with us that use computer and laser, a laser to uh, apply the pressure points. So all wow. of these things for me, it's been studying constantly and embracing uh, a global perspective on being well. I mean, I, I think I, I got really close to <laughs> Tracy at one point. I was just like, uh-huh. oh, my God, this is so awesome. This is so great with all the books and things. And I found out that in Dresden, in Germany, uh, uh, Germany has really great medicine, by the way, mm-hmm. also. But uh, in Dresden, I remember... Uh, my girlfriend, uh, who lived there at the time, she's American, her husband's German, um, I asked her, I said, geez, there's, this, there's an institute there uh, which has this awesome information on Egyptian medicine. And it's, uh, it's the studies of impote, uh, uh medicine. And so, so let me put it this way. Most people think uh, Hippocrates first for medicine. Oh my gosh, Hippocrates, Greece, all of that. Mm-hmm. But they actually studied Egyptian medicine first. And so, so the ancient on lock Greeks and studied key, the ancient Egyptians. Hmm? Excuse me? The ancient Greeks yep. studied the ancient Egyptians. Uh, ancient Egyptians, yes. And so, uh, but our history books for years has always spoke about Hippocrates and so on. But uh, they would never go beyond Greece and uh, you know, really go to Egypt. But in Dresden, uh, they now have um, amazing uh, studies and work on uh, um, the the approach to medicine that the Egyptians had. And so for all these years, for me, I've been embracing the knowledge of what really helps people to be well. So another example, for me being... Uh, a little curvy. I'm African American. You know, six feet tall. Uh, twice, and gorgeous. Uh, I, gorgeous. Just so my listeners. Oh, stop! Thanks. Twice I've been in a crisis situation. Woman. I was in Texas. And I got really ill, ate something, and they couldn't believe uh, that. Uh, first thing, they checked your blood pressure. They checked for diabetes, and they were in shock. They kept checking it because I had no high blood pressure. I had no diabetes. So they're like, wait, you know, because statistically. I'm supposed to be in that space. But statistically, if we go back to Africa, our, our uh, African uh, 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 legacy or descendants, you know, it used to be in Africa that there was less than 1% diabetics. Now it's a lot more because of the food that's being brought there, you know, fast food. In the Caribbean, it's the same thing. No, you know, no diet, <laughs> diabetes, but now there is. In Japan, the uh, Kobe beef, uh, uh, which is so prime, was really prime, and they would only use that great Kobe beef. But now, you know, you have imports of, of uh, beef and things in uh, Japan now, and now you see cancer <laughs> showing up. So you, the same thing, you see this in our, our dogs and our animals because we're feeding the dogs off our table. So my journey has always been knowledge and research and knowing that I could save my husband's life three times, and that's literally I did, and, then, and he would say yeah. that. Or I could, uh, you know, I could save my mom's life, and we had her until she was 85. You know, all, that's what uh, I think all of us should be challenged to do and to find out what it means. So I'm hearing some of the tools that have helped you, and they're probably, I'm sure they're partly part of who you are, Desiree. It's um, a sense of a global community and a global legacy of information and research going on 
also your own personal curiosity about what will work and an openness to mm-hmm. looking at a lot of different ideas. Yes. All right. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it, that's that's absolutely it. And if you go on the website wellnessinteractive.com, it's just that, looking at what works and embracing all these amazing uh, health and wellness uh, ideas or approach, things that they're not really ideas, they're actually working. And so you're embracing uh, the knowledge of what works and that uh, you're not excusing medicine, but you know now moving forward to 2015 with these huge groups, we're all taking care of our parents or, um, you know, we're caregivers and then we have, our, we're taking care of three households, really, ourselves and then our parents, and then we've got the millennials, this huge group that's not making a lot of money. So we need to be in a space, uh, and you said it so eloquently, we really need to be in that global community space, finding out what works for us, and knowing that a lot of what's working, it's been holding up countries for thousands of years. I know, I'll say this quickly, I know India, for a long time, they kind of abandoned yoga for many years, and now they're embracing all of their ancient therapies and things that, uh, including yoga, that were uh, so much part of their life and society because they need to. They really do. In our country, we had uh, a Native American um, medicine as far back as the 1400s, mm-hmm. but no one really embraced that. We made our own medicine, you know, our pharmaceutical, which is good. It helps us. I get that. But we still should not count out Native Americans. And, you know, I have a grandparent that was Native American. And uh, I just, when I think about the space that I'm in now with all of the audio immune and all of that, it has some legacy to also being Native American. This is not me saying this. It's just a rheumatologist that I visited, and he uh, just he has information that he, he would, he'd ask, are, are you uh, Native American or have Native, Native American blood or any of that? And you say, yes. He says, oh, it's really difficult to define what this autoimmune uh, issue is or disease and so on mm-hmm. because uh, we don't study. We didn't study our own, you know, uh, it's just, it's very sad, and we need to embrace more of that. In Norway, they were the first uh, to embrace uh, allopathic medicine, but Norway is one of the top ten countries in the world for healthy countries, you know, for being a healthy yeah. country. So they're doing things. So, yeah, that's my journey, and as you said so eloquently before, it's a, a global perspective that can help everyone. Well, I love that, and um, I just want to ask you as we're kind of winding down, though, where do you see your career and your company in five years, in 10 years, and in 20 years? Beautiful. I see uh, the Wellness Lounge, our signature brand. I see this platform all over the country and all over the world. Uh, We have a registered Wellness Lounge brand in Norway, India, China, we have, we're registered, the trademark Wellness Interactive in China also. So I see the brand all over the world, but the Wellness Lounge where you can walk in and engage. And we've done so uh, much work with the brand. We, at once, uh, once I thought, okay, well, this is for the baby boomers. And then you realize, no, it's, it's, no, it's for the millennials. And then if we look up, it, for everybody. And I began that journey saying the platform is for everybody, but I unfortunately listened to a number of folks who said, no, you need a target market. You need to be target specific. You need, you, you need mm-hmm. to carve out that market. But now we're here in 2015. Everyone has used the Wellness Lounge brand. They embrace the idea of being socially well. And we have a wellness happy hour uh, at least once a month for the communities, and people come in privately to book their own wellness happy hours, four hours engaging with complementary and alternative medicine, eating delicious organic food, glass of wine, 
education, games, all of that. So I see this model all over the world. That would be so exciting. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you say it's for everyone, I would agree with that because this is a universal human longing, this urge and desire to be well. That Don't you think that's our most fundamental, yeah. healthiest longing, the longing to yes. be well? And well yes. in every dimension of our being, um, well in our relationships, well in our physical body, yes. well in our psyche, well in our spirit, well in our heart, well in our mind, mm. well in our communities, well in our well in the globe of Mother Earth. It's just it's our most primitive fundamental urge and yearning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just a great space to be in, you know. Uh I I, I can say that because it, it wasn't easy, it was a journey. But I'm just I wake up and I embrace everything about me. I embrace my body. I embrace my mind. I, you know, my heart. All of that. It's such a great space to be in. I love it. I love it. I think we all can, you know, find that space if we're not doing it already. Just uh, find it and uh, just feed from the universe. Feed from uh, all this beautiful energy that's happening around us and information, information age. You know. Yeah, so are there any last bits of wisdom that you'd care to share with us and any advice to aspiring world changers like you are? <laughs> well, um I if if I had to really just go for <laughs> go for the big wow gut uh, feeling uh, or thinking and it it really is uh just Focus on young people. I hate to say that, but it's true. Just focus on the young people. They, they're they not going to change. They they can't. They grew up with all of uh, having access to knowledge just at the tip of their fingers. So no matter what platform you're in or no matter what space you're in, you might think, well, I, I, I get it. Okay, do more research. Well, how do I do this? Well, you know what? We're all around a young person. If you don't have kids, you're still around young people. You need to embrace that young person, and you need to support women. Women need to support each other because nurturing women, you're nurturing communities and and uh, That's countries. That's so important. Yeah. So totally definitely agree. find a young person and support women and love our men. <laughs> that that's amazing. And so again, people can find out more about your work at wellnessinteractive.com. Is that the website? Yes, the wellnessinteractive.com is the uh, social wellness site. And to my knowledge, uh, they tell me it's the very first uh, social wellness site where right now we're running a wellness contest. We're giving away iPads uh, for the top wellness stories. So anyone can upload a story. You can upload uh, a story about uh, how you are well with your family or your child can upload a story or uh, a parent or grandparents. You can upload wellness stories that have a lot to do with your own wellness space. It doesn't have to do with necessarily you know, how many hours you spend in the gym, uh, although it, it has its value and its uh, space, but it has a lot to do with how your day is embraced with wellness and what your thinking is about it, you know. Uh, so we're giving away iPads, so upload those stories at wellnessinteractive.com. We're also on Facebook, Wellness INT. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram. We're, we're pretty out there. <laughs> you can be out found. There on social media. Well, Desiree, thank you so much for being a guest on Independent Artists and Thinkers. It was wonderful to have you. You're an amazing guest with so much to say, so thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Tracy. And again, I'm humbled, and uh, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And so everyone who's listening, you know, go to wellnessinteractive.com and upload your story to possibly win an iPad. And please come back next week on Thursday at 1 p.m. Marnie Galloway is going to talk about the graphic novel and comic art today. So thanks again, everyone, and come back next time. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. 
Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.